Welcome to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. I am your host, Joanne Boyce. On this podcast, we're going to discuss all things inclusive marketing, from persona creation, campaigns, and even some of the mishaps we see in the media. Tune in and let me know your thoughts on how we can make inclusive marketing the industry standard. Welcome and welcome back to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. I have an amazing guest with me who is partially my namesake as well, Joy. Oh, it is. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. We met over the internet, literally, during lockdown. But how about you tell the listeners all about yourself and everything that I would know and some bits that I don't. I guess I know everything for three years, but... I love that. Okay. Hey, everyone. My name is Joy Ofodu. Uh, Joanne knows that I'm a ridiculous person. I'm a silly individual. I would say that I'm a celebrated voice actor and creative executive. I was nominated for my first voice acting award recently. Oh Best narrator, God. Black Girl Write, Black Girls Who Write. Yes. So excited about that. Thank you. Thank you. But I'm a creative executive and I'm the founder of my own company, Joy Ofodu. I've drawn over 30 million views to original digital comedy content and also more views, like millions, unquantifiable amount of views to inclusion-centered global marketing campaigns uh, at Instagram, where I worked for four and a half years. So under my self-titled company, I've grown this audience of over 200,000 daters and meditators in the past two years or so. And now I'm the host of my own original audio show called Dating Unsettled. So I'm a podcast girly as well. Uh, over Dating Unsettled, we like to validate women daters and non-binary daters on all podcast platforms. So yeah, I'm just, I'm a funny person. I'm a vocal person. I'm using my voice and my comedy as my primary art form right now. And I'm really energized about empowering women and underrepresented people. Like, Joy's done so well. This is, well, the the majority of that has been in the past three years as well, right? I mean, it's been a slow build. Like Instagram and marketing obviously was five years. I've been on the internet since I was five years old. So you can call that over 20 years. <laughs> uh, but I would say, yes, that the majority of my like short form content career and my voice acting career has been in the last two years. Oh my God. So it's been an explosion. It's been rapid growth. I went from, you know, kind of just being me in my neighborhood and planes and trains and buses and cars and adventuring as like a marketing executive where I was like, behind the magic of Instagram. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in a position where I'm being recognized by complete strangers at baby showers and in TSA and coming off of elevators in Mexico. And people are like, oh my God, I watch your videos. We watch all the time. I'm in like a, a speakeasy type bar in Harlem and people are like, oh, your videos got me through the pandemic. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, that's crazy to me. In October, I was a uh, I was on the Empire, I was inside the Empire State Building mm-hmm. visiting a company and two people within the building, Joy. So it's getting really global, getting really national, spreading. And I just love that what it is is laughter. Like what's connecting all of these people to me and to my videos is that they're just getting a good laugh out of how I represent my dating experiences. So there's so many things you said that I want to touch on, but you mentioned the journey of going from literally behind the algorithm to in front of it that behind the algorithm because as marketers we all have our theories and i think i even asked you a couple questions on clubhouse like is this it or is that true yeah as much as you can share what is behind the algorithm and a little bit more detail on that one of the rumors i want to ask is like is the algorithm against black and minoritized people Okay, I'll give you my, like, what I know about Instagram, and then I'll go into not representing Instagram, right, because I don't anymore, um, my opinion. So what I know about Instagram, a lot of it actually comes from Atmoseri, Adam Moseri, um, Instagram's head right now, mm-hmm. and at creators. So what I loved is that even when I was at Instagram, I was almost getting more tips and information about what hashtags to use, how to be recommended in feed, et cetera, et cetera. I was getting more information from the outside at times, right, than I was inside. It's really public. I think people don't realize they're like, they're, you know, raging against the machine. Like, oh, I just wish I knew. But the things that you see published on at creators and Moseri, like his own account, mm-hmm. that's that's what drives Instagram. It sometimes comes a little bit later than changes are enacted. And I think mm-hmm. that's sometimes where the rage, rage can come from from creators because they go, okay, well, my account's acting up, why is that? And then Instagram reacts and responds 
and then creates the educational video to tell you what's been happening. Mm -hmm. So the only advantage of being an employee to learning the algorithm is that you see the changes happening as they're happening, right? You see okay. the announcements and the if you if you want to go looking for them. It's a you Meta's a huge company. I think that's another thing people don't it's a huge company and that um yeah the privacy policy right or terms of being an employee they are dead serious they will drop in two seconds so um though i was definitely curious about other areas especially when i started becoming a short form video creator mm -hmm. and i was working on the marketing team i'm going to be very careful about what information i apply right to my account that said i got a lot of external information what the instagram we're talking about instagram's algorithm what it is is like i think of it like a hungry monster everybody has their own hungry monsters it wants their content it wants to hear from you some people's monsters want to eat every day mm -hmm. some people's every three to five days so you just have to figure it out accounts like the shade room post 20 times a day or more if i posted 20 times a day or more i think my algorithm would crash uh but it wants consistency from you it wants this is so important original content right shot in your phone or shot inside of instagram using instagram's text and tools and you know no other logos don't drag over watermarks from other platforms it wants original content it doesn't want screen recorded stuff from your friend's account and blah 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 blah, blah. it wants to see you and so that is what will drive recommendations the key to growth on instagram is consistently sharing original engaging content and now my marketer's hat on it should do one of three things it should entertain inform or persuade okay if it's not doing any of those three things and in my head if, it, if you're not optimizing for sharing because a like is a pretty weak signal if you think really? about it right so but now now I'm, putting, now I'm putting on my joy yes yeah, so and i'm putting on my joy hat this is not representative of instagram mm -hmm. but the way that i approach my own creativity and how i was able to reach you know at a time that i had about six thousand followers reach thirty thousand people a month now I have over 100,000 followers. I reach upwards of a million people per month, depending on the month, sometimes 3 million, sometimes 500K, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the way that I'm able to reach and exceed far beyond my audience is every single video that I publish, I think what would motivate someone to share this? Sharing and commenting are really strong signals. When you're sharing something or even saving, saving says, I'm gonna come back to the Instagram app mm -hmm. to see this later, right? Sharing says, I, I'm going to now engage in direct or DMs, right? I want more people to direct message this around. Commenting says, I'm going to comment and this is going to spring up in someone's feed. I want people to know what I think about this topic. Those are really strong engagement indicators and signals. Something like just a like, right? Doesn't uh, do or it. a comment. It's not even as strong. Yeah, it doesn't do it. A like says, I saw this in my head. So I try to optimize for, as I'm filming and producing this video, what is going to get somebody not just to watch it, but to share it. Sometimes people don't even watch the whole thing through and they already start commenting. They'll tell me, they're like, Joy, I, as soon as I saw the wig, I gave up. I hate you, you know? <laughs> the attention I span is just... Yeah. So you mentioned about the sharing from other platforms because a lot of yeah. my clients in general are trying to do the make it for TikTok and then share it to Instagram. I've been recommending sure. against that and saying, just make the video and share them separately, but don't download from TikTok then to Instagram. So the thing about downloading to TikTok historically is that when you create a short form video on TikTok and save it, it will save with the TikTok watermark, right? Which encodes that information on top. And then it becomes weaker when you share it to other platforms. Recently, I think as recently as last week, uh, TikTok has started testing the ability to download your video while you're drafting it without the watermark. This is huge. I've been encouraging other apps to do this for a long time. Um, I think it's important because we know creators are downloading and sharing across Instagram, TikTok, YouTube shorts, right? That's what I am doing. I have been creating on Instagram or editing on Instagram, or sometimes I use iMovie uh, captions, right? If I want to, there's an app, I think it's literally called captions. Hold on, hold on. I was about to say, what is your favorite caption app? Because that's another journey. We recommend Instagram is my Instagram is my favorite, period. The automated Even captions. Even if I'm 100%. Even if I'm creating another video to share elsewhere, mm -hmm. I will create it in Instagram. TikTok, I think, has slightly more attractive text styles mm -hmm. when it comes to captions for your uh, short form videos. Captions is the name of the app. I think it's like $10 a month. I recently invested in that and I love it for podcasts. That's where you get the like word, 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 and it's like super flashy. Mm -hmm. So Instagram doesn't have captions that are that flashy, but I think another thing we need to remember 
It's for accessibility. I was about right? as soon as you said flash, I was about yeah. to say the accessibility. So you point. want you want people who cannot hear your videos or people who need to take extra time to understand your videos to be like getting flashed at. Like I've been experimenting with it. I'm trying to see what people say. I take in feedback from my disabled followers um, and like quote unquote non neurodivergent followers as well. But it's like I don't mind the traditional caption. That's that's what people come to me for. I do alt image descriptions and closed captions on all of my short form videos on Instagram to maximize the reach and just to build for people who aren't typically built for. So there are followers with autism, there are people who speak other languages, mm -hmm. and then there are people who are blind or deaf who express to me in my messages or in the comments or tell other people, hey, Joy's videos are awesome. I'm so glad that I have this feature and thank you, Joy, for doing this. So they'll blind people message me. Thanks, Joy. Like these videos are really funny and I'm able to get more of it because of your descriptions. You are one of the only creators I see that treats the alt description as extended copy. And I have been trying to find a way to mask. I think because I haven't adjusted to alt text in that mindset, it's always been yeah. a kind of a practical tool. Mm -hmm. I like, what is your journey? Do you write the copy first, the caption first? And then, or is it all in one story? It's all in one. So I did recognize that there are some people who are relying exclusively on alt image descriptions. And as people were telling me things like, you know, oh my gosh, how funny your eyebrows are, or I love when she made this face, or blah, 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 or I can't believe this thing is in the background. I'm like, dang, my blind followers will miss all of that, right? So how can I describe to people what's happening in a way that is still enriching for them, not just like joy inside bedroom? Right. Um, you know, I start painting it like it's like a funny, bad script or right? like indoors day. And I like throwing in cultural references because I just think if if you watch any of my videos with your eyes closed or with your ears closed, I still want it to be funny. So that's kind of like my litmus test. Um, it has been a journey because, as you mentioned, a lot of us are not especially the able bodied. Right. Mm -hmm. We're not coded or used to trying to include alt image descriptions and describing things for people. If you don't have someone in your life who is blind or someone who is deaf, you're not used to signing, you're not used to all that. Um, so it was actually a workshop from Lolo Spencer, who's an incredible actress and disabled creator. She's a wheelchair user. She talked about, you know, Tommy Hilfiger and other brands that were actively building for inclusivity mm -hmm. and things that we could do as marketers. You don't even realize how much of our TV right? doesn't have all image descriptions. Think about commercials, ads that marketers are making, the short form videos that they're running. A lot of it has no closed captioning whatsoever and definitely no all image description. So it's very limiting. And I love that I can be a bit more inclusive. Girl, I write it. I write it all at once. I, I do it in one go because I want it to be an integral part of the experience. I absolutely love it. And we've, I've literally taken screenshots of your captions and the number one pushback I get from clients when I use, say, use your alt description as a way to yeah. extend your copy, they're like, oh, but we can't be funny. And I'm like, just keep your brand tone of voice. You don't, yeah, you don't, you actually don't need to be funny in the alt image description. That's just my choice because I'm special. <laughs> I'm creative and I want like more room to play. You can just descriptively describe something. That's what blind people are looking for. The other ones I would, I'm curious to know the feedback as well, because something I did notice, you don't, I haven't seen it, so I might be wrong. I haven't seen you describe your race in your old description. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, I... Joy is African-American. I describe myself as ashy. Um, sometimes I'll say Joy's 4C curls. I'll talk about waves. I'll talk about do-rag. So I do think that I have indicators there, mm -hmm. but I have noticed some people, especially in conferences, say, you know, Juan is a, you know, Latin American man with a salt and gray pepper but like i've seen that that's funny i yeah i don't really think about my blackness is not coming through in my voice or my topics or my comedy so that's probably why i haven't uh added it but yeah you'll you'll see nigerian or african or like other references that hopefully clue people in but if they didn't what will be funny is if someone doesn't know i'm black and they're like are you that would crack me up <laughs> Take it in all your content. I get you're looking at yourself as the whole brand. Your whole brand it includes blackness, so there's no need to specify for each piece of content. It's, it's That's so fine. ingrained. There's also in my uh, profile, which I believe that screen readers are able to read, mm -hmm. I have that I'm black in my profile, almost all my profiles. So it's it's an SEO keyword for me and for my business. You keep saying things that I want to pick up. So the SEO keywords, 
So I don't know if you've heard of a book called Algorithms of Oppression. Yes, I actually had the fortune of taking Dr. Sophia Noble's class in USC. So yeah, shout out to Seth. Uh, she was an incredible professor and helped me understand more about race as a construct, mm -hmm. even just through that brief, I believe, semester um, that I was in her class at USC. I used algorithms of oppression as inspiration for a photo project. Mm -hmm. um, I called it Search Project Designed to Divide. That actually might still be up on my website, joyofphoto.com. So if you're interested in reading about me, the history of the internet, how I was inspired uh, by that book, feel free to check it out. But yeah, she's coming up on, the, I think, the anniversary of that book as well. Yeah. That's one of the books where, for me, being somewhat nerdy, not somewhat, a lot, it justified what I was seeing because I was seeing these things and I'm just like, this feels off for what something yes. that is taught to me as being, like algorithms, is taught as being math, is taught as being one plus one equals two. But if the Google is meant to show the whole internet, why is it when I type in woman, I am only getting white women? Yeah, this, this internet wasn't made by us, so it's not made for us. And that's where it comes into my joys POV, right? Representing exclusively what I believe through my research and through anecdotal experiences. As, you know, the research is enough. If you don't like my anecdotes, that's fine. Uh, but objectively, that's what it is. Black people were not given the chance right at the start of the Silicon Valley to carve out, you know, the code of like what we see and search for and experience. Thus, we're not reflected. It's a real shame. Uh, it has manifested in ways, for example, the TikTok algorithm and TikTok developed a committee to address this. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if it has been fully addressed, but at one time, uh, their algorithm had a colorist problem. Mm -hmm. Algorithms have human problems because they're designed by humans. So they are not objective. They're not, you know, they're fed by people who have preferences and biases. And people sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of the time forget that and yeah. try to present them as these all-knowing, all like no. Even black people have, black people have biases too, right? Like uh, it is, while only oppressors or people who are in like a position of power can be racist, uh, that doesn't mean that all people cannot have prejudice or bias. So it's not that any one race, you know, is going to create, quote unquote, a better or best algorithm. That's not what I'm saying, but that we're human. Mm -hmm. And we're all really flawed. So naturally, the technology that we design will be flawed as well. How have you seen in your time at Instagram, or just your time as a creator, actually, those biases play into the choices marketers make or even how they approach you? I'm guessing you probably have a lot of brands approaching you to work with you. Yeah, I think the negative end of what that looks like is really last minute inclusion in campaigns as a creator. So I've been contacted two, three days, sometimes same day of a campaign activation and thrown a really pithy kind of rate and asked to participate, uh, asked to go out into the world and create something and bring it back. And then when they send examples of the creative that they want me to emulate along the brief, it's like white creators who have already actually filmed and done and submitted and approved the work. So I'm like, how are you giving me a, a best in class example of what this looks like completely finished when you're just inviting me today and then it kind of clicks oh, okay this is like a multicultural afterthought you know so that's the worst of what it looks like people including black creators like a little sprinkle you know a little option Last as opposed to the beginning yeah however i think the best of what it looks like is i've been able to work with some incredible uh, black people agency side pr side marketing interviews women etc and those people who think about me at the beginning of the story, at the beginning of the campaign, and just deliberately include me and offer me, you know, my rate and my work. I love that. And it's it's been happening more and more. But I think the more that you grow and become exposed to other brands and companies, the craziest, <laughs> the craziest offers will surface. It is so surprising. Every time I give a workshop and they're surprised that I say, start with inclusion in your strategy, put it in the brief. I, I just, so I'm, I'm just it's, like, you're justifying what I'm hearing as well in terms of they're like, oh no, but we only do it when it's this month or that month. And I'm like, do it That's all so year weird. And, and put it Yeah, we brief. exist all year. So let's start there. It's like, it's, it almost starts to me, it feels like I'm speaking in circles when I talk about this topic. Mm. Um, I wrote about black tech equity on LinkedIn. So you can find like my full paper there 
might cross post it to my website, but uh, this is something that I've been wanting to get out for a long time. I did a master of science in marketing at Santa Clara University. And as part of my ethics studies, I wanted to trace like slavery in the United States and the beginning of what the African-American experience was mm-hmm. to the media landscape that we're experiencing today along you know, social media and tech founders. So that line shows us and tells us the lack of opportunities that Black founders have had and Black creators have had to pursue artistic careers gainfully and to have internet access. So I know that's like saying a lot, but if you dig in there and you only want to take away five pieces that you can just run to your manager with and brag about, no matter who you are, those exist. And uh, I can that paper about tech inequity, it contains recommendations for social media managers, agents, and marketers to go away to their companies and like make things better. This isn't just cast black creators in your campaign, but it's also pay them. It's also check up on them. It's also pay them unfairly, quote unquote. So pay them. No, like what feels unfair is actually justice. Okay. So if we want to, if this is, you know, here we go. Unpopular opinion time, time, time to shake the table. <laughs> if we want to achieve equity, not mm-hmm. equality, we need to pay black creators disproportionately. Feels awkward, sounds off, but if you notice the gaps that have existed again from the beginning of slavery in the United States to where we are now, then you need to adjust that for equity. If you've ever seen that graphic, and people use this in marketing and business on LinkedIn all the time. The woman at the start of the race. Yep, the woman at the start of the race and how long hers is and how long other people's, you know, or even just the, you know, kind of champions thing where you get the medals in the Olympics, right? How it's like one, two, three, and you see those pillars, right? Mm-hmm. Equity looks like making those taller who are shorter so that everyone is the same height. Equality is giving everyone, regardless of their height, the same height of pillar. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I hope that, yeah. Funny you say that because the theme for International Women's Month Day this year is mm-hmm. equity instead of equality in the sum sort. I can't remember the exact aspect. Um, Some people aren't going to like it, <laughs> but it's. In my opinion, that's what is necessary to achieve justice. Mm-hmm. That's what is necessary. Do I believe it's going to happen? Do I have faith that the industry will rush to do it? No. I think we can tell even from the 2020 marketers, you know, renaissance of realizing that Black Lives Matter to 2023 today. Mm-hmm. All the Black squares, all the email newsletters are saying we care about Black lives, you know. Everybody from wax centers to Target to Best Buy to da da da. And there were some companies that mean it and show it. I mean, let's just, can we pause on Target for marketing? I know I'm probably getting ahead of one of these. Go ahead. But in my opinion, some of the best inclusive marketing work is from Target. Target's out of home has changed so much since that 2020 quote unquote reckoning. Mm -hmm. Um, Target's in store merchandising looks glorious so fill me in because i only know that they did a tabitha brown collaboration okay so they've gone way beyond tab um target for several years now i can date at least 2019 it might have been earlier than that so forgive me but for several years have had a black business accelerator so they're actively investing in and mentoring shoppable black-owned businesses founders products you know from honeypot to others like design companies, home decor, things that belong in Target. It's not about creating special sections for products that people don't use. These are things that belong in Target, but Black founders don't have that type of access. Target has been investing them, growing them, mentoring them, and then displaying them on the shelves during February and throughout the year. So I think that that's incredible just on a product basis. Mm -hmm. Then merchandising, even for products that are not Black-owned, features Black people. Um, So that's it sounds so bare minimum, but just walk into your local Target and look around, um, take a look at the ads. You're like, wow, their inclusiveness score is probably off the charts. Even the way that they responded to looting and a lot of things that were happening around uh, protests in Minnesota back in, I think, like 2020, you know, Target had a really like, we good, you know, mm-hmm. we support the community type response. So in my eyes, like Target can do no wrong right now. <laughs> they just need to keep doing what they're doing. Is, I think this is one of the things that I realize the UK is always catching up to America in some aspects mm. because something similar has recently happened either last year or the year before with Sainsbury's and black owned food products. Okay. Uh, what I tend to see here is they have 
moments and then you don't see anything throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, some brands have been doing this more subtly, like, I don't know, Primark, which is a really kind of fast fashion clothing line. I have noticed in their storefronts, in the in-store advertisement of clothing, they have a lot more black and brown individuals in there. They haven't like gone and blasted it. Yeah. Uh, Sainsbury's is one I'm just like, okay, where is this program going to go? What's the longevity? Where's the budget pushing the products? Because that's the other thing. They'll come back with the numbers and say it didn't do well. I'm like, but you didn't promote it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way about Black-owned media a lot, especially here in the United States, um, where people just go, oh, well, that's not super popular. Or which actress? Oh, forgive me. One of our actresses in the Black community in Hollywood, she's speaking about how these films are regarded as like black movies instead of just movies and they're not given the adequate push. Uh, yeah, there's an animation company I'll mention that had a really diverse, like inclusive storyline. It featured queer romance. It featured, um, you know, underrepresented people racially. And I didn't see a single, <laughs> forget me, uh, objectively, that marketing budget didn't match other marketing budgets. So it's just like sad to see. Gosh. It's frustrating. And I try to emphasize the comparison of those campaigns to other campaigns. It's just like, if you're doing something new, like with mm-hmm. anything else, when you're doing it for the first time, it's, it is going to be a learning curve. There's going to be a yeah. bump. It's not going to run off from the moment unless something bad happens and certain people come and comment on the stuff. But speaking of some positive bits. <laughs> yeah, whether it's Primark or Target, people have to start somewhere. They have to so start just, somewhere. Just get, st- just get started. It's okay to mess up. Just fix it. <laughs> what is a campaign you've seen that's done really good or bad on inclusivity or implementing inclusive marketing? Okay, I'll give you a bad. The first one that comes to mind when I think like bad and inclusion is NYFL. Are you familiar with that no. uh, campaign? I'm even gonna research this one that came up. Uh, this was a, it feels like it was just last year, just in 2022. And they tried to do something for the culture. And they said, por la cultura, NYFL. So they said the league is proud to celebrate Latino Heritage Month by highlighting NFL players, coaches, and staff partnering with the Hispanic Heritage Foundation and the Hispanic Alliance for Career Enhancement. Uh, You know, we look forward to continuing to collaborate with artists and writers. We're here to amplify the voices of the Latino community on and off the field. So they tried putting an Enye, like a little tilde, which is the name of that uh, symbol, above the N of NFL. And it really fell flat. People were not feeling it. They didn't understand it. Uh, they clowned them. It it was just, um, I think it's, it's hard to say exactly why that failed, but it felt just very symbolic. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people missed the, we're partnering with the Hispanic Heritage Foundation, the Hispanic Alliance. And all they saw was this like really egregious tilde where you would never would have put it before and yeah, like which isn't even like sayable. I <laughs> know uh, it's hard to pronounce because yeah, like so. This is the other bit as well. You have brands that do the partnership and then the campaign falls flat, or the campaign is amazing and there's yeah. no partnership behind it. Yeah, and it's it's finding that balance. Yeah, yeah. There's uh there's work to be done. I will say on. The positive end, some really good uh, folks who are working in this area is um, Dove. Dove did a lot of work around the Crown Act. I've been involved in that in the past as well. Um, And just advocating for the end of discrimination of natural hairstyles in the United States. So they took a problem that almost all Dove users, you know, will be affected by, which is discrimination in the workplace, especially women and black women who use Dove products. They took this issue and said, we're going to throw money behind advocating for legislation. So instead of a company just being symbolic, we care, right? Dove is actually donating money, resources, time, energy, people, uh, investing in creators, et cetera, alongside or, or around this effort, the Crown Act. So I love that. I think it makes total sense for Dove. You use Dove products in your hair and on your head, and now they're trying to protect your right to wear your hair the way that you want to. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's supernatural. On the Dove one, they are one of the 
best case studies I enjoy because they had some epic fails. Like when they had they, they, they I don't you remember the one with the skin and there was like dry skin is a black for the <laughs> Yeah. I recall I, that ad. <laughs> you know that I is in our fault if you ever want to see anyone. I um, believe they've come so far from that. So far. Like I love to see and that's where we talk about mistakes. The entire advertising industry was riddled with really bad ads, uh, really bad marketing, really non-inclusive products. Inclusive inclusivity in marketing doesn't begin with the ad. The ad is almost mm-hmm. the last step. Mm-hmm. It really starts with the product and the product design. So like I love something like Vaseline, you know, it's petroleum jelly, whatnot, but they're talking about let's figure out how to get black people access to like information about skin cancers and how they appear differently on black skin and then connect them with a network of like black estheticians around the country and you can do all of this by like purchasing vaseline going to the back of the packet scanning it and coming up with new information that could help save your life i love that (laughs) so i i believe in things like that and things like what dove is now doing um to really like invest in the black community invest in our awareness and our survival not just in our aesthetic so what are your thoughts on say they were in the press with bad stuff a blintiaga doing including black models including black people in their campaigns and not putting any extraness behind it because they know up until what well, i don't know up until recently i don't know the stats but we we are aware black celebrities wear the brand and have yeah. an audience is that reflected in Balenciaga's marketing? I don't see it. But if they were to shift to inclusive marketing. It's hard to just shift. You you have to revolutionize the way that you do marketing if you want to be taken seriously. So it's not just about, well, let's start quietly including Black people. Let's start quietly including trans people. Let's start quietly including disabled people. And hopefully nobody will notice all the egregious things. There has to be a reckoning. There needs to be an overhaul. There needs to be recognition of ways that people have held power unfairly in the past mm-hmm. in order, and then what you're going to do in the future, who you'll hire in the future. Take, for example, Alexis Ohanian. I think he stepped down. He might have, It might have been Reddit that he stepped down from, but stepped down from one of his companies to give way to a black leader. Like, I love that. That was the exclusive. I'm sure he wants to with his bail man with that. But <laughs> Alexis was like, hey, uh, bye. I think a black person should be in this position. Because I've held this power for too long. I was like, yes, relinquish. So that was that was really cool to see. There has to be some sort of announcement, you know, and some sort of community accountability rather than just gradually shifting. Okay. Then what about on the flip end, the small organizations, the ones that don't necessarily have the budget, that are maybe using stock photos and has a one-band marketing person? That's great. Use Pexels. <laughs> it's an inclusive stock photo library use there are a couple more of these to search up uh inclusive stock photo libraries they have disability they have black owned black led black featured black photographers search those (laughs) i'm a small company too so i can totally relate to these companies i things that i do in my business for inclusion uh, i hire underrepresented staff and like uh, black executive assistants black videographers i hire black photographers black web designers at every stage of something that you need for your business, it's possible for a black person to fill that role. So that's like a really easy way to start. Another can be as you're outsourcing um, production of things. So whether it's t-shirts or experiences, it's a DJ to bring music to a local event or an annual event that you all have, even if it's not happening in February, (laughs) consider hiring black, hire black vendors. Other things that you can do are tap into uh, causes or advocate to issues that matter to the black community. And that doesn't cost money. You don't need to hire to do that. You just need to research, be well-read, attend, and engage. There are free public events that help you understand more about the Black experience in the United States. There are museums that, you know, have open days. There's the Black Joy Parade, for example, in Oakland, California. If you're in California, go check it out. It's like the largest free event open to kids and families, um, potentially in California. So just thinking about how you can engage with the Black experience beyond even hiring, but at the very least, just hire. <laughs> it's, that, it's that simple. <laughs> how do you feel? So I am somewhat getting tired of hashtag days. 
and I know they are the the like hashtag tivism. Yeah, because that that to me is the bare minimum. There is the putting people in your processes, adding them to stock photos, so forth and so forth that you can integrate into your everyday. But what I tend to see with a lot of small marketers is when the hashtag day comes about, that is all they do. They will hashtag International Women's Day, Black History Month, which is in October here. Like that's the the only time they do anything. Look at your employees. Well, here's the thing, right? Yes, you could celebrate Blackness or women 365 days a year, but it's not even about that. Yes, you can extend the campaign. You can feature a Black person one one day per month per year. That's 12 full days of celebration. It's not about that. I think it's about it being truly integrated into the company's values. It's got to be your ethos. It's got to be what you're known for to the point where if someone to represent your company had a t-shirt on and they showed up in a black neighborhood like how do people react and respond that's almost how i would think about how you need to work on it so it is a reflection of your employees of your senior leadership who's being given the opportunity to represent your company who is building the product when you build the product where you or service where are you testing the product or service who are you modeling it on we talk about AI, uh, we talk about um, algorithms. When you're developing those and you're training them on faces and you're training them on voices and you're training them on skin colors, who are you using, right? After you've gotten to your MVP version of your product, where do you take it? Are you testing in these countries and not these? Do you have offerings in Africa? I you can begin there. So many companies, we're global. We're worldwide. No. This is a world. This is a, this is a international company. Just saying. Yeah. This is an international tour. Then why are there no stops in Africa? You skipped a continent. It's okay to skip Antarctica. It's too cold to, to produce a concert there. But why did you skip Africa? So, it, you know, oh, we have people, you know, headquartered all around the world. Do you have an office? Not in Africa? Why not? Do you believe the African market is worth investing in? Why not? Right. That says a lot about your company. It says, it says a lot. I hope you're not talking about someone in regards to the world tour, but I'm going to skip past that. Oh, I am. No, I mean, I, I've, I have no, no qualms with her. Her people will, I love, I love her artistry. I love what she's done. I feel, I felt very excited about, I forgot, it's Black is King. Yeah. I felt very excited about Black is King and seeing like some Nigerian elements in there, Nigerian artists as well. That was, that was fun. But it is, not it's not a condemnation of a particular artist a particular mm -hmm. tour. it is an assessment of how people view africa in the business world in general which like we're talking about black history and we neglect africa from these conversations often because we're speaking about you know black history in the united states but people came to the united states from africa from europe and from these other countries the only people who were there first are the indigenous people which are often also not acknowledged when we talk about U.S. Black history. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to U.K. or when it comes to BAME or when it comes to U.S. Black history, like, got to remember Africa as well. When we talk about being international, we need to remember Africa and African business. And that's really important. I think the situation we have in the U.K. is really interesting because we talk quite a bit about America having larger numbers, having Black identity that's been there a while and a lot of the time the excuse that gets told over here is that there's no black britishness you know all oh, the numbers mm -hmm. aren't there and there's all these situations that are just trying to say that oh why are you asking for representation if you're only four percent and all this it doesn't the numbers don't add up even yep. when you take those numbers into consideration because i have a lot of people who want to fight against me and say well, you know, um, black people in the UK are only whatever percentage of the population and they think they're seeing that percentage of advertisement. I'm like, we haven't even hit 1% yet in representation, let alone 4 It's tough because people assess the level of inclusivity that currently exists in national marketing with their own anecdotal views and experiences. So this is a mistake marketers make often. Well, I see commercials that feature this. I've been watching a lot of shows. I mean, Viola Davis and Kerry Washington, you know, helmed the most popular TV shows. And Barack Obama was the president. Like that, 
anecdotal views and experiences are not how we assess and research. Research is research. Research often doesn't lie. I love the Annenberg Inclusion Initiative for this reason. So we talk about algorithms of oppression. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Sivia taught USC. USC also is the home of an inclusion initiative led by Dr. Stacy Smith. Um, I was a coder researcher there many years ago, but it is the reason why America was talking about Oscar So White. Mm -hmm. If you remember that conversation years ago, annually they produce research on the top grossing film and television um, series and products and also who's directing and being given the chance to be behind the camera. And then they come up with scorecards <laughs> and show people in studios how they're doing. You can imagine, I laugh because you can imagine how that goes. But as people are saying, well, I feel like TV is getting more inclusive and music, they've even started music now. Music is just getting more inclusive. You can go back to research from institutions like the Annenberg Inclusion Initiative and you find it's not as inclusive as you think just because you feel it. Just because you, you see one commercial doesn't mean it's there. Yeah. What tip would you give to a marketer? Say a marketer is now approaching and starting to work with diverse creators and content creators for their brand or their organization. What tip would you give them in approaching? I know it sounds like an odd question, but I get a lot of marketers who are like, I don't know what to say. or I personally think they're overthinking it. But what tip would you say to approaching content creators? Wait, they say they, they don't know what to say? Yes. Black creators? We yes. want to work with you? What do you say to white creators? <laughs> okay. Um, the first thing that I ask people to do, like, for example, this piece I wrote, it's how to ethically navigate the black creator economy, right? Um, first, learn about and call out stereotypes and subconscious bias that you see during a selection process. So if you are a brand and you're looking for creators to work with on a certain project or campaign and at the table of determining who you should work with, you're already seeing people go, oh, well, her follower count is not that high. His, you know, technology doesn't look like blah, blah, blah. You know, his quality is not like, okay, well, think about the disadvantages the black creators are at. So you need to do sometimes what feels uneven or unequal, right, to create equity within the situation. So if one black creator has a lower following or lower engagement than the white creator, you still need to hire that black creator in order to achieve inclusion and achieve equity. So start to call out biases that you see. If you see someone say, well, she just hasn't demonstrated that she can do it yet. You know, while they, on the other hand, they show a lot of potential. It's like, that's, you're saying the same thing, but one person you're kicking out, the other person you're accepting. That's bias and it's subconscious and it is a product of racism. So the first thing I ask people to do is to call that out. Um, I recommend that people in marketing verbally call out unpopular ideas and don't try to find a culture fit. If black people are not represented at your institution, then they're not going to quote unquote fit the culture. Black marketers aren't gonna fit your culture if you have a mostly white marketing team. Mm -hmm. That's just natural. So look for the unpopular, look for the wild, look for the different, look for the surprising that's going to be surprising and delighting to your consumers as well. So it will translate. Next is to just ensure that black creators are pitched for your next branded panel or your marketing spot. Just take 10 minutes to look through hashtags. This is where hashtags come in handy. Um, look for hashtag black creator, black chef, black makeup artist, mm -hmm. black owned business, black vendor, so that you can, you know, really find and surface talent. There's zero excuse zero excuse for saying that you can't find the right kind of creator or the right kind of business they're out there the uk us does not matter they exist just look for them and if you're like i cannot find them by hand if you've got the resources as a company hire somebody to look for them but mm -hmm. promise you they will surface them you can go to an agency and tell your agency even if it's not a black event tell your agency i would like entirely black owned vendors Get me a black caterer, photographer, videographer, blah, 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 blah. And we don't, quote, unquote, need to produce black things. That's not all we do. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Black people draft briefs. Black people own table and chair companies. Black people craft balloons. Black people bake cakes. <laughs> like, and they're not all black balloons and black cakes and black music. You know? So just think about how you can staff at that end. Um, next, I'll say when how to approach them. Give them enough time. 
to develop their ideas. Mm. Because if you are asking for pitches from white directors and white creators, then you sprinkle in a black one at the end because you think you're being inclusive. This person has had two days to prepare and a weekend that you're not expecting them to work versus the full five days that you gave the white director or white creator. When you start judging these pitches, you're going to go, oh, her pitch looks like it was just thrown together really quickly. His didn't quite meet the mark. Well, you gave him two days to develop it. So what did you expect? You need to give everyone adequate time or even again, if we're, you know, talking about equity, give them more time. Um, finally, just like continue to like think about how you're going to distribute resources, uh, give them access to creative tools and practices and like check in on your black creators throughout the year. So when you're approaching, if you as a marketer are like, it's going to be so transparent. We've never worked with black people before. They're going to be so shocked that we're even reaching out. We don't know what to say. You can say that, hey, this is a really, um, you know, pressing time or blah, blah, blah for this company. We've done an assessment and we've realized we have not been nearly as equitable or nearly as inclusive in our marketing as we would like to be. And we would love to start the charge with you. There are going to be some headwinds because, you know, we're new here, you know, type energy. But this is really what we feel, you know, we should have been doing. We need to do. I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to come on board. Sure, let's go. And I've had companies, not in writing, but I've had some companies kind of whisper to me that part of the reason, you know, for inviting me, not always, but on some campaigns has been this. And so just be honest, be upfront with creators. I, and on the flip side, you don't need to acknowledge their blackness. Like I said, it's it's okay. Yeah, it's balance. You can either, if your company has been horrible, you brought up like a Balenciaga. If your company has like a lot of work to do and you need to bring it up, you can do that. <laughs> but if your company is just a run of the mill, you know, haven't had any trouble with PR or anything like that, and you just want to approach a black vendor or black creator, it's totally okay to not mention their blackness. Just approach them the way you would anybody else and just hire them. If, so to double down on a lot of things you just said, it's okay to type black women and black in search engine. Just to, yes. This is another question I have had. It's like I can't find any women or black women in stock photos. So I'm like, did you put the word black? Yeah, black stock photos. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've yeah. got a list of stock photos websites and stuff like that. Awesome. The other thing I was gonna say was, it's obvious. I feel, especially when I get asked to speak at events. I know one when you're doing it last minute and I, I can feel when it's just about my race and not the subject matter. So when you're being transparent, be transparent, but also add the the same like you would with any other creator. You would say, hey, we really love your content. It aligns to our brand X, Y, and Z. Oh yeah. And we want to increase our representation. Yeah. Transparency. Simple. Simple. Yeah. And show that you've read on me. Like, please research me. It's very evident when brands hit me up and ask me to do something just because I'm black, like they've selected me. It's like, when have I ever shown? <laughs> you don't do cooking for this short? Like, hey, no, cooking, I, please, I am new to the cooking, but I love to cook. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's been fun, but it's true. Some brands will just approach you because you're you and they've shown that they haven't looked at your content. So the line, we love your stuff and even just pulling up we love how you create videos that are this and that. It's like, okay, I can tell you've you've done at least a bare, bare minimum scroll. Look into me. Yeah. So money, no object. What would be a campaign you would create? Let me give you a topic. You mentioned Target. Okay. So it's a campaign to celebrate the diversity of Target's products that they offer in terms of the founders and the creators of them. And you've only got like a minute for that content. It's a minute long ad. Yeah. The thinking hat is on. I'll think out loud for people's benefit. <laughs> okay. So Target is already a pretty inclusive company. I really like the ads that I've seen from them so far. They have a variety of black owned businesses. I might show, I might do black owned is for everybody. That's probably what I call it. They're going to steal this. <laughs> they, better cut, they better cut the check. Uh, somebody's going to steal this because it's really good. Um, when you do, just invite me to do the voiceover, please. But black owned is for everybody. And I would show, yeah, by Choyo Foto. And I would show all the different 
black accelerator results, right, that they have, the different products and surfaces. But I would almost show, I would I would make an effort to show non-black people using those products and surfaces as well, as well as black people. Because when we see that Black History Month, like they have a dedicated Black History Month section mm-hmm. in Target, which is great because people like me or anyone else that wants to solicit and support Black-owned business knows where to go. But also, right, inclusion means that you're not just creating some just a special little section mm-hmm. where that's the only place that this can be found, but that it's also throughout the store so that it might be in someone's normal consideration set. That's kind of what I would I, mean, I would show. I and I would do something visual, potentially funny. It of course. It could be con it's going to be yeah. Like it's gonna be controversial. It it might be people shopping in Target and then, you know, like the black founder or whatever being everywhere in the store and not just in that one section. It's kind of like you turned your head and it's like they're there with the product and they're there. Like it, it might be kind of like get out type vibes. <laughs> I might go the horror route. <laughs> I'm just, I like things that stick in people's memory. I, but I really, really like that. Like, so speaking of Sainsbury's, they did a Christmas ad that was just okay. a black family celebrating Christmas and arguing over gravy, which is a big oh. thing in the UK. And there was outrage because they were like, oh my gosh, you didn't show any white people in this Christmas ad. But what, I was like, okay, whatever. But they just made an ad about gravy. It was this, It was just the everyday of blackness. I think I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, just show us that. Well, so here's the thing. The reason I said for Target is, it's like, who are you targeting? I didn't ask you that and I should have. I should have asked you a lot more other marketing questions like goals and your KPI and your blah, blah, blah. Right, but if you're targeting, that would be my general audience ad. You're targeting black consumers. Yeah, you don't need to necessarily feature other people. I love that. Just talking about our gravy. That's cute. But yeah, that no, that ad was for like British people love their gravy. So yeah. it hit the it hit the mark on the every gravy bit. It's just the rest of England that was racist. Anywho, <laughs> it's been so amazing talking with you. You have a wealth of knowledge, and I just I'm so. I'm excited about everything you've done, everything you're doing. I can't wait to hear your voice every freaking where. Like, yes. I've got some exciting Black History Month voiceover content coming towards the end of the month. Nice. Let the people know where they can find you. You can find me on all social media platforms at joyofodu, or you can go to joyofodu.com. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me, Joy. All of Joy's links will be in the description. Don't confuse our links. I know my name is Joyanne. But this is joy. But uh, all of Joy's links will be in the descriptions. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast, and we'll catch you soon.